Hi, I'm Emma Ferguson, and this is Celluloid Threat. Seasonal Suggestions, Stuck in Love, 2012. Thanksgiving is a slightly weird holiday to suggest movies for. Unlike Halloween, Christmas, and even the 4th of July, there aren't really any solid film classics that center on Thanksgiving itself. Even New Year's has a great handful of movies to explore. Stay tuned. Closest we're ever really likely to get to a true Thanksgiving classic is a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. So it's no real use trying to top that. Fun note, there's another Thanksgiving special featuring Charlie Brown. It's a 1988 episode of an educational Peanuts TV series called This is America, Charlie Brown. The episode in question is called The Mayflower Voyagers, and I remember watching it in first grade. It's a slightly outdated and problematic retelling of the story of the first Thanksgiving, featuring the Peanuts gang as the pilgrims. It's... something. Other potential Thanksgiving viewing choices might include classic films that, content-wise, don't have anything to do with Thanksgiving. No turkey, pilgrims, etc. in sight. But instead promote certain themes we tend to value around this time of year. The Wizard of Oz, for instance, is all about home and family and appreciating where you come from. Also a fine choice. I want to focus on a movie that also is not explicitly a Thanksgiving movie, whatever that means, but rather provides a nice alternative to some of the classic media you might traditionally consume this time of year. Written and directed by Josh Boone, Stuck in Love is the story of a family of writers, each of them experiencing their own turbulent love story. So, why Thanksgiving? Well, the movie takes place over the course of a year, beginning and ending on the aforementioned occasion, and features two significant Thanksgiving scenes. The holiday plays a significant symbolic role in ultimately bringing the fractured Borgens family back together. Beyond these moments, Stuck in Love centers the family throughout, emphasizing the bonds between them, the struggles they face to maintain those bonds, and placing significant weight upon the idea of home. The song Home, by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, plays twice, so as to sufficiently bring this theme to the forefront. Phil Borgens, played by Greg Kinnear, is a highly successful novelist, but he's in a slump, obsessed with the idea that his ex-wife Erica, Jennifer Connelly, will come back to him. He frequently sneaks around the house she shares with her new husband, peeping into their windows late at night to observe their screaming matches. Bill hasn't written a word since she left. Their children, Sam, Lily Collins, and Rusty, Nat Wolf, are also writers by nature. Bill supports them wholly in their artistic endeavors. He pays them to keep a journal so they can focus on writing instead of having to get real jobs and even encourages his teenage son to go out into the world and gain experiences. Rusty is an outsider at school, a sympathetic stoner, who falls into infatuation with a troubled girl in his English class. He's a romantic at heart, 
and a Stephen King superfan who might have stepped straight out of a John Green book. Wolf went on to star in multiple adaptations of John Green novels, one of which Green directed. Sam, on the other hand, is bold, confident, and fiercely cynical. She's having her first novel published at 19. She also hasn't spoken to her mother in a year, and she certainly doesn't believe in love. Her worldview is challenged when she meets Lewis, Logan Lerman, the sweet boy from her college fiction class who just wants to get to know her, an idea that Sam absolutely detests. So, the stage is set to explore a whole web of complicated emotions associated with the big L. That's love. To be sure, stuck in love might not be everybody's cup of tea. According to the ever-reliable source that is the IMDb trivia section, the film was originally titled Writers. This, I think, explains a lot. The change was likely an attempt to market the film toward a wider audience. Nonetheless, it will appeal mainly to literary folks. The film was about love, certainly, but it isn't necessarily romantic. Sprinkled with references to specific writers, books, and songs throughout, the main characters grapple with their lives through the art they consume and create. Through this art, they explore a plethora of perspectives on love and seek out ways of understanding the emotions they feel toward the people in their lives. Early on, Sam proposes to Rusty a dichotomy. There are two kinds of people in the world, hopeless romantics and realists. She's wrong. Sam fancies herself a realist. She thinks that by detaching herself as much as possible, she can avoid the possibility of falling in love and inevitably being hurt. She sees Rusty as a hopeless romantic. He hears music when he sees the girl he likes and writes poetry about her as a school assignment. He's infatuated, yes, and both he and this girl believe that embarking on a relationship will fix her problems. But at least he has the power to commit. Sam, on the other hand, despite her attempts to push away from Lewis, can't help but feel less cynical when she's around him. As much as she wants to believe she's approaching the world in the most pragmatic way possible, she's really just as frightened and confused as anyone. Both characters are naive and require the wake-up call of a couple life-shattering events to bring them the knowledge of what it really means to love someone. Meanwhile, Bill sits like patience on a monument. He's determined to wait for his wife to come back to him. We, along with the people who surround Bill, feel that it's time for him to move on with his life. We see him as hopeless, bordering on pathetic. So it comes as a bit of a surprise when we learn, in the end, that he had the right idea all along, that he knew that with love comes mistakes and pain, but also patience and forgiveness. Though they all struggle and suffer and fail time and time again, we ultimately see the Borgans family made stronger by their love. I've seen Boone's film several times now, and I'm not entirely sure why. There's nothing particularly extraordinary about it. It's entertaining, appealing to the right, pun intended, kind of audience, 
and it ticks all the boxes. Romance, drama, comedy. Boone's script is well-written and largely believable. The movie's greatest strength, however, lies in its casting. It's almost not worth delving into the specifics because literally every one of the main cast members shines in their role. They allow us to sympathize with their characters so easily, as well as acknowledge their flaws. Wolf's performance feels particularly honest and disarming. Lily Collins embraces the whole range of Sam's personality, from her hard exterior to her deep vulnerability in moments of despair and love alike. Greg Kinnear manages to strike a balance between coming across as creepy and pathetic and very insightful and wise. It's such a treat to watch these lovely performances balance each other out, to see the chemistry between the family members and to sense the history between them within the glances they exchange and the words they share. Kristen Bell is also worth mentioning as a sort of comic relief. She plays the married woman that Bill sleeps with during select, tightly scheduled increments of time on weekday mornings. And let's not forget the quick Stephen King cameo near the end of the film, when Wolf's character humorously reacts to receiving an unexpected phone call from his literary idol. All of this acting power has, I think, allowed this movie to hold up longer than your average family-centric dramedy. That said, the story has its weaknesses. Josh Boone populates his world with, quote, angels, a.k.a. beautiful but deeply troubled young women who need saving by the men in their lives. Lewis persists in pursuing Sam, despite her rejection of him and the fact that she clearly tells him she's not interested in a relationship. Lewis doesn't necessarily shame her habit of picking up pretty but vapid men at parties and bars, but he certainly doesn't approve, and he certainly believes that he'd be better for her. He only knows her from a distance. She doesn't recognize him at all when they share their first interaction on screen. And yet in this scene, he feels he has more of a claim over her than the guy he prevents her from flirting with. Rusty strives to protect Kate, the girl he knows vaguely from class, from her addiction and her crummy boyfriend. Later, she explicitly states that she thinks being in a relationship with Rusty will be good for her. It's not that the women are the only ones with problems. The men show their vulnerabilities as well. But there's also a sense that the film was written from a man's perspective, and a hint of a notion that, perhaps, without acting talent from the likes of Lily Collins and Jennifer Connelly, we might not recognize the depth of these female characters so easily. Women placed on pedestals, framed as unattainable, viewed as heavenly creatures, this is nothing new. And it's not that we ought to dismiss Stuck in Love altogether because of its subtle adherence to some of these stereotypes, but they are worth noting. When selecting a movie to watch over the holidays, it's always important to take into account the feeling that it leaves you with. Nobody wants to settle in after a feast of turkey and potatoes to watch a dirge of a movie filled with heartbreak, drug abuse, divorce, and death. Admittedly, Stuck in Love contains all of these things, but the story itself wraps up in a very satisfying way.
it doesn't weigh heavy on the soul, but rather leaves its audience with that light, optimistic, warm feeling that we all want to have when we're surrounded by family and good food. Will Stuck in Love persevere through the ages and one day emerge as an iconic 2010s holiday classic? Probably not. But it's certainly a worthy way to waste an hour and a half between green bean casserole and cold pumpkin pie. This is Celluloid Thread. Thanks for listening.